Welcome back, perfect peeps, to perfect.dev. Today on the show, we have Tim Benex. What's up, Tim? Hello. I'm happy to be back for like the third time now, I guess. Yeah, yeah I think good. so. Super One of our happy. favorites. Thanks. You're probably yeah. like our most regular guest at this point. Yeah. Let's keep it going. Well, I need to be doing cool stuff. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> so far, so good. That's why we have you back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so today we're talking about unlocking DXP with Uniform. And I think last time we talked, um, we, we talked a little bit about Uniform, but this is kind of something new. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about Uniform and kind of what you're doing now? Yeah, sure. So last time we talked a little bit about things like personalization and A-B testing and how that could fit in a DXP. And, but I, I'm not sure we talked about what a DXP is exactly and all the other things around it. Because now Uniform basically reached its final form, shall we say. Like we started out um, as a company that wanted to help enterprise businesses um, to build their DXP. A DXP is basically a digital experience platform. So everybody has one. It's just from small to big. Like Amazon has a huge one, right? Lots of tools. But then um, perfect.dev also has one. There's a CMS, there's a front end, there's a content editor. And so a DXP is for everybody involved in the digital experience, basically. So from developers to content editors to end users, and it holds all these tools for analytics or CMS. So it's, it's basically your whole platform. And so in um, enterprise, these platforms are huge and they're generally um, kind of built on monoliths, like suites. So there's like one piece of software that holds all the different items. And so these are, you know, Imagine if you didn't have your headless CMS and you had to follow the front end of whatever this vendor would tell you to do, right? So that's what is out there now on the bigger websites. And so at Uniform, we all come from this world. We have all um, felt the pain of working with these systems. And we always wanted to help people out that work with these legacy systems, but they need to do all the things that these huge brands do. And these legacy systems were the only way to go, but that's no longer true. And that's what Uniform will help you now with. And so last time we spoke about personalization because all these big brands want to personalize. They all want to do A-B testing and then figuring out what users want and blah, blah, blah. And so what we started with is kind of help out in the context of this DXP, like figure out, okay, you might have a Jamstack site or you have an old school website. How would you then personalize and make that work well for everyone? And now we kind of reached our final form, as I said, it's like, we want to give you a platform to build this DXP on. So you don't need one software vendor that gives you all this, you know, vendor lock-in and roadmap binding stuff that says, okay, this is your CMS and this is your analytics and this is your web server and it's all in one. And if we choose to go this way, you also have to go this way. And nobody wants that anymore. And it's been brewing for a while. And so now we decided, okay, let's make a platform that gives you no opinion, where you can integrate all the services that you want to use. And then so marketers are very happy with that. And then developers should also be happy. And so how do you figure out a platform like that? And that's what we're doing now. And so that was like the shortest way I could explain it, I think. Does that make any sense? 
I think it totally makes sense. And I, I think it embraces kind of that Jamstack culture that we're sitting in. And that's why totally. we're seeing the Jamstack kind of come into place. So it's yeah. interesting. I, I feel like, and I could be wrong here, but it seems like Uniform's DXP is almost taking it a level further than anyone else has. Like, are they, they haven't focused on that DXP portion of all of this yet. So yeah. We've, we kind of, like you said, went from this monolith, which people were used to working in, but we also knew all the pains of it. And then it yeah. kind of went through this jam stack phase of, okay, let's make everything just possible and APIs everywhere and all over the place. But now we're kind of saying maybe the pendulum is swinging back a little bit and we're saying, well, we also need to be able to like control and maintain all of these things. So let's get the yep. developer experience back in there. Is that kind of... That's kind of where we are, okay. but the pendulum is not actually back. It's maybe even further if you want okay. to say it that way. That's fair. It's, the thing is, like the problem I always faced when I worked at agency, right? And so um, for the last couple of years, we have started using headless systems like CMSs, your own front and things like that. But... I used to work for bigger places that where we also had e-commerce. And then so a marketing person or whomever came to the developers and said, okay, I want five products. I want four pieces of content. I want to tell this story with this A-B test. Can you please build me a web page? Because all those things come from different places. And we're yeah. like, uh, no, I'm <laughs> mid-sprint. How do you, you want me to suddenly make you a page? There's no time in budget for this. And so every time this happened, and then so these brands had to spend, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars on making a simple campaign page every time. And so the, there's so there's a big gap now. If you wanted to connect multiple sources that are all headless now and put them on one page and then make developers happy and content editors happy, well, that's a big problem. And that's the thing that we are solving and we're trying to solve it without giving you an opinion of how you have to code it or how you have to integrate it. And so the story is like in the past, you would, let's say, have a huge platform on, let's say, Sitecore or something. And then after four or five years of development on it, it's like kind of lacking behind and, okay, we need something new now. And then generally what you get is like, or I upgrade to another version of Sitecore with something super fancy in it. Or maybe I go to Adobe, which costs you another million because you completely switch the thing. But that doesn't really solve your issue because in three years you have to do that again, right? So the mm -hmm. whole point is, why don't we make a platform where you can choose the best of breed tools, like different CMSs, different whatever. And if you wanted to upgrade it, you just grab the thing you want to upgrade and replace that. Or if you want to have different image management, you just go and plug in Cloudinary or you stuff like that. You want to change your analytics, just plug in another thing, which means you never have to re-platform. And so yeah. you never have to do two years of work, big bang release. Hopefully everybody likes it. And then you're two years late because you had to work for two years on the thing. You're reducing your technical debt. Totally. Well, I say that. I think so, yes. <laughs> On the other hand, orchestration orchestration of like all these headless sources together is pretty hard, right? Yes. And so we're trying with this platform to give you less technical debt to, because we're building like a little SDK to integrate with these systems the same way. Mm -hmm. And so what we want to do is for content editors to just go to an interface and drag and drop stuff from different headless sources compose a page, 
and then see that directly if like a sort of a we have a live preview and but that's on your production website basically and so they can really see what they're doing can the ad personalization and all the fun stuff we talked about last time and then on the front end the developers have one sdk with one call that gets that data and then the whole point is you would think oh it gets all the data the same way and then we just build a website but that's not cool because that means our platform would own all that data but we really don't want that because imagine you change a product then uniform that sits in between needs to query everything all the time to to change that data and we don't want that and that's where jamstack becomes so interesting because you do everything on build time so we offer an api or an sdk that's called enhancers so you only get the id of an item that you compose with let's say a hero component and a product and then in your front end you use this enhancer api to query that thing from the cms that you're using and there you map the data however you want and then give it to your components but if you do this on build time it doesn't matter that you have 20 calls going out and so if you do that in a smart way um, maybe you put these enhancers in a serverless function or something your front end doesn't even have to know about any of the things you're connecting to it just gets the data from one endpoint and so in the cms you can change things but also in our system, you can change things. You can even change, let's say, contentful for sanity. And the front end doesn't have to know. As long as the data comes in, you map it. Everybody's happy. So is Uniform so, doing server-side rendering or static generation, or can it do either one? Well, we really don't care. That's the whole, like, our product is seriously, like, we, we don't care how you do it. We just give you JavaScript APIs. The thing is... If you did this enhancing of the items in your server-side rendered page, potentially you might be able to do lots of queries. And that might not be good for the single page render, right, of a thing. Because if you have to query 15 components from different places, that's 15 calls. So that wouldn't really work. But if you um, kind of proxied our API and put that on a serverless function, then you can cache everything and then it's only one call. And so then it's probably even faster than most of the SSR pages with multiple systems. So you can kind of go any way you want with it. So it, it sounds like to me, um, and, and again, maybe we can walk through this a little bit on kind of your demo page or your build stack page. But if I was to summarize what we're saying, it's essentially a composable DXP similar to something like, and forgive me for like the comparison, but like a Wix for me where I can drop components in and things are happening. This is almost that level at, at a technical level. Like there's no code, but I'm dropping all these components in mm -hmm. to make my Jamstack work. Well, it is like that, but Wix kind of dictates what code comes out. We sure. don't at all. We really don't want to do that at all. Um, we actually just compose with the different things that you have integrated. And then what comes out is a, it's just a simple structure of a bunch of IDs. And then we give you SDKs in your front end to query what you want and give it to any component that you want. So, so we really don't want to change whatever you're doing. So what right? happens like when you switch from, let's say, you, you kind of open up... Uh, um, Uniform's SDK, right? And you're, mm -hmm. you're reaching out to Sanity IO and they have their own very specific, like structured language. But then tomorrow it's like, ah, this isn't working. I need to go to Contentful. 
-hmm. that's a different way of modeling all of that data. Are you saying like I can still call the same API endpoints in uniform to get that data? Yep. And that's when it sounds like black magic, right? And actually it isn't. (laughs) It becomes a little bit complicated right then at that point. And so we've created something that we call enhancers. So you get that one ID and that can be a sanity ID or a contentful ID, right? And then with these enhancers, which is just an SDK function, you can actually then query um, that system, get the data, and then map it to your components, props. And if that sanity data or contentful data in your enhancer, you will map it to the props that you want. And that way you have all the controls yourself. And so you can either put that in like, you know, when you do get static props in Next, you can do it there. Or you could potentially just make your own like little microservice somewhere on the web where if you query for a specific ID or a slug in our system, you get the whole composition and then all this enhancing happens there. I wonder if I should maybe just quickly show you. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, while you're kind of working on that, I want to just bring up uh, the screen that I have right here. Um, Sure. So let's see here. And I don't know if it's big enough where we all can stay on screen, but we'll see. So this is kind of your uh, build your DXP stack and kind of what Tim's talking through are all these different pieces, right? So I'll walk through this once. So it switches over to these question marks for for people that are on the audio side. And it says, pick a CMS. So I'm going to pick Sanity since we talked about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Commerce engine. Uh, We'll do big, big commerce. Front-end framework, next. Content delivery network. Let's do Akamai. Sure, why not? Even though it's probably easier. It works. It's it's a little challenging, but it works. (laughs) And then analytics. I feel like I always have to use Google. Um, Marketing cloud. I wouldn't even know what to pick here. I'd probably go Salesforce, I guess. Yeah, or you click skip. It's all good. Yeah, let's try that. Let's see what happens. So I'm going to launch my stack. And so what happens now is you can just, you're basically creating a free account now. And so now you will get into like um, a whole system where we try to set that up for you. So it's a whole onboarding flow here. Wow. And so you can just say, okay, what is my project? And then I would suggest do guided setup. Um, Of course, you clicked all these things, right? That also probably means you have accounts to all these. Maybe. <laughs> Let's see. Because For most we, we of them, are able to we are able to create accounts if needed. It's interesting. It didn't kind of bring that over. It didn't ah uh, well that's that's good, right? So now it wants you to log into Sanity or potentially create an account. Let's see if that works. Uh, I think uh, let's see here. Sure, why not? Give them access to everything. Ah yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, interesting. I know I have projects out there. We'll just create a new one. Sure. This is the best way for us to test this live on a stream. Yeah, I mean, perfect way. What could go wrong, right? Everything and nothing, because if it does go wrong, we will fix that ASAP, right? So, okay, so now it wants you to install BigCommerce, of course, but then you also need to have a BigCommerce account. So it all kind of goes like that. You can also click below, skip BigCommerce and set it up later. I think I might have to skip that one. 
Um, this one you might, or you could do it, but then the thing is you have to add two dimensions in Google I'm just, itself. I'm just going to skip that one too. Yeah, yeah, keep it simple. <laughs> so now you okay. created your um, project. And if you go on that project and have a look at your settings all the way on the right top, you'll go to integrations on the left. It's like number six. Yeah. You see, so now... Um, not all of it's configured. We also skipped some stuff, but Sanity is connected. Yep. So what you can do now here is go to, uh, if you click on Canvas, which is on the, the on the top, one of the tabs. Here you can actually start adding something we call compositions. And a composition, well, right now you cannot because you didn't configure anything yet. Okay. But so what this means um is that um you can add components that match up to stuff inside sanity so do you know oh do you have anything inside sanity at the moment oh no we made a new project right yeah i have other projects but i don't have anything specific right now maybe just go into sanity and let's create a hero component or something Wow, I, I didn't expect us to just go go ahead and click on this, but let's do it. I love it. <laughs> it's the way to I'm go. I'm surprised from didn't pick these up because I that's why I was thinking. Well, it you could select I have one already, and then it would probably have shown you these. But Is we went directly for like a new one. Add if I go back. Yeah, sure. Um, go to settings on the right, and then integrations, and then click on configure, and then you should probably be able to click go. on well that one this one will give us a little little better data. yeah sure so We're gonna let's have a look for you. there you go yeah. i love this <laughs> um, let's have a look inside sanity what kind of content you have in this thing sure so are there some sort of components already the tricky part on sanity is there's no real way to look over here oh you're gonna have to install um, the dashboard thing right I have I have an old one I think actually yeah, that's the see. tricky thing with sanity is just an API endpoint right exactly <clears throat> um, I'm trying to remember if there is what we're to trying to do here for this is like if you have let's say something called a hero component in sanity um, we can also create a hero component in uniform canvas and then you connect these two together and then on canvas page you can just kind of compose with um heroes and other components that you then select inside sanity and so you can like have three or four different cms's on one page if you wanted to to compose things that way and you find it you think i can i just took all these uh domains down so i gotta find the uh how about Firebase. um oh yeah we'll go for it it's all good so let's see if i can find it real quick here oh yeah you probably set it up Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Here we go. So I think I think this is the main site. Uh, da, da, da. Let's see. Where am I looking? Authentication hosting. I think this might be it. Oh, and then you can go to the URL. There you go. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was afraid of this. It's it's been a little while since I actually. It's been uh, a while, yeah. Since I did anything. So, anyways, what I could do for the sake of it, I could because I'm currently working on my own site in this system. Of course, how how else could I explain it, right? I have to build something. 
Exactly. How about um, I share my screen and show you how that looks? Is that okay? I think that would be wonderful. Maybe I'll sure. even edit this out. <laughs> Who knows? Um, it's StreamYard. Everything works. All righty then. Look at this, Tim. So fancy. Well, fancy. Is this is this good? I think so. Yeah, I can see it. Well, how about you, Brett? It's pretty good. It's a little blurry, but it's okay. Yeah, that's sometimes how this goes. Anyway, so um, now that I'm sharing my screen and you can see in my integrations, I don't have that much right now. I have only Contentful, of course, the uniform thing and analytics. Later on, I might add other things. I don't know just yet um, because for my personal site, I might not want e-commerce, right? But um, anyways, um, to have a look at what we have here. So we have um, Canvas and in there are compositions. And I've created one composition already. And in that composition, you can see that there's like this components thing. And then inside my video highlights is something like first, second, and third, or item A and B. Those are things we call slots. So this composition is a page. It doesn't have to be a page. It can be anything. And inside the slot, inside the page, I've added a bunch of components here. And then components can have subslots again. So when I click on this hero here, this is actually um, a contentful entry. Now it would be nice if I logged into contentful and if it worked, right? That would <laughs> be super cool. It's always the struggle, right? Yeah. I think if you haven't been logged in before, it might not show. Oh yeah, there's that hero. So just so for those on audio, just to sure. explain a little bit, we're bouncing from uniform out to contentful now. Yeah. And so what this thing is, when you look at the hero here that I added on my page, it actually is connected to a contentful item that is also of type hero. And I can edit that hero in contentful. So in uniform, we don't edit stuff because we could never be as good at content editing as a CMS, right? We don't really care about that. We only care to put stuff together. Um, for example, if you look at my two column um, component, right now it has, uh, has the ability to add two things. And so maybe this one is a bit easier. So right now it has a variation. So there's the, the right variation is small and it has a title and it has a background color. These are properties that I added in my component definition. But then inside item A, I actually have a rich text that is coming from Contentful. And Could you that go is through here. a little bit about who would set up each of these pieces? Like who's going to be on Uniform? Is this going to be the marketing people like setting up the structure of the page or is this the developer? And then where are the marketing it's, it people It can be a little bit of a mix, I guess, because um, basically um, if you are like more of a developer type, what you can do is you can go to your component library and you can say, okay, I have a whole bunch of components here. So for my website, I have a hero, latest blog posts, latest talks. Uh, memory is actually an old one that should be gone anyways and you can see i also have a page and that is a composition so inside page all these things can live and they also have slots so the fact that something is a composition and has slots is more of a developer type thing so you can figure out okay in my component slot we can have these kind of components um, and so once you become a content editor what you can actually do is let's say okay 
let's make a page called cats let's create one and then so now as a content editor i can say okay in my components what i want is to have a hero and it has to be about cats right but if i select my contentful item i only have an about i don't have cats so let's me let's create a new one and so now it will go to contentful and it allows you to create cats cats let me just quickly do some stuff about cats here i don't know if i have a catch image probably not let me just find so many options i think you should probably look for a coding cat image ah uh, yeah it's better right <laughs> i'm just kidding i don't want to derail this oh yeah yeah i find if you put it together sometimes it finds ours a little easier but oh, it was like yeah, it didn't exactly. any of ours oh there was yeah. one on the bottom myself there it is look at aj let me just quickly save that here. Okay. And there it is. Whoa. <laughs> so now we've added a whole bunch of stuff here and let's publish. And so now when I go back, it has already made that into a cat's thing. That was so and fast. So that was cool, right? And so this is already connected. And let's just make this slash cats. Um, normally, but I haven't set this up for my own website just yet. You can have a preview on the site here that just shows your live website and it updates everything directly. However, I haven't set that up just yet. So I wish I could show you, but I don't have that now. But um, what we could also do is say, okay, um, this is all fun and games, but what I actually want to do is personalize this thing. And so for option one, we have the cat's hero, but maybe for option two, let's just take that about hero that I already created before. And so um, this is cat's personalization. And then I'll just add some stuff you don't need to know about. I have to and be honest, so, the first time I've seen a P13N for personalization. That's pretty I, good. I have to type this quite often, so <laughs> this makes it a lot easier. Um, so I have set, set up in my system something called intent tags. And an intent tag is basically what is the goal of a user on your website. And then so we're tagging content against these goals. Right. And so what I've set up for my website is you're either a developer or an event organizer. So let's say for now that the cats are developers uh, as they are, and the, the about is event organizer. And now we are these be... intents going to your analytics platform at the end of the day? Uh, yes, they okay. are. Um, why can I not save? That would be nice. Oh, page type. Yeah. So, um, this is just a normal page. Yeah, so I have set up a couple of rules in my canvas uh, composition. So I want to see these uh, tests. Oh, we're going to go really die hard now and see if my local development server will just grab these and that it works. That would be nice, right? Okay, so it is running. So what we want to be doing is right now, if you look at uh, my page, what I'm doing is I'm going to slash about, but we just created slash catch, right? 
So you're catching my website in the middle of being built. This doesn't mean it's going to work, but if it did, it would be really fun. Okay, so would have been cool if it oh can I you go to slash know. cats here or no oh, what i actually just did is in my index file i just query cats oh gotcha gotcha but what i just realized is we we need another hero because i didn't personalize it for nothing so it didn't show anything now i had to add us back uh, on screen because i needed tim's quotes Oh, my quote would have been cool if this worked, right? So, so in hero that view, something's up. Yeah, no worries. I mean, this is, I think the key here that we want to look oh, at yeah, for sure know. is, is understanding like you realistically could go and, and plug all these things together yourself. Exactly. So you yeah, in a very simple way with e-commerce, whatever. But ideally, yeah. what Uniform is doing is it's it's doing that glue for you. So it's exactly it's okay, kind of so a plug and play is... in a different spot. Instead of the code, maybe you're doing it visually. Exactly. And so you don't need to do all this code stuff anymore. So how about I'll just show you the thing that does work because yeah. that personalization business is actually really cool. Uh, okay, let's see if it now works on my homepage. So I'm in the middle of stuff, right? So it doesn't look super, super cool now. But let's look at this like two, um, this two-column thing here. So if you wanted to add personalization to this, let's go to my about, and then let's say in my two-column component here, there's latest blog posts and latest talks, right? That's these two. But I might want to actually um, inside this personalize it. Oh, and so. I actually want for developers. I want late. Uh, I want latest blog posts, but for other people, I just want an image. So let's select Tim's icon, and so this is for for everybody. And this one is only for developers, and so now would be nice if it did work this time, right? <laughs> that would be it. Right, so now it shows you the image. And then if I say, okay, but what if I'm a developer? Then it shows you latest writing. And this but is this is the magic of running uniform, right? It's the exactly. personalization piece when you come to a website, it starts to understand who you are. Exactly. And so now I'm just saying, what if I was a developer with a score of let's say 75 and an event organizer of score 25 and I set the scores, it shows you this. But if I reset again, and let's say now, would be interesting if it worked. Ah, there it is. And so you can kind of change up how these things work. And imagine, um, let me just uh, stop sharing because there's so much going on here. <laughs> um, imagine if you now had a lot of different like e-commerce stuff and different content from different sources and A-B tests and content editors could actually click these things together and it would just work. And of yeah. course, my website is like 20% in. I'm still figuring out how I want to do it. So of course, stuff didn't fully work. We're on the edge in the perfect dev uh, sure. live stream here. But I, I, have I to think ask, it does show the potential. Though. From, from the personalization piece for Uniform, um, mm -hmm. I have to assume there's some sort of like cookie tracking with that. Is that becoming uh, a larger issue? If you, 
if you want to do cookie, you can, but it's only first party, never third party. Okay. So this personalization part is basically running in the browser. So because it's Jamstack, there is no origin. So when you render the website, it queries uniform to get like your configuration and put it in your code base. It's like a little manifest file. Sure. And then how we do it is we actually follow the signals that the user is given. So what that means is like if you go to a page or if you visit it, it's a behavioral signal. But it can also be if you have a query string, like you clicked on a, a thing from LinkedIn. And if that says Tim is a developer, it's quite clear that my goal was to click on that link because I'm a developer and I want to see a certain thing, right? And so you can attach strengths to these signals. And yeah. based on that, it makes a score against one of the intents that you might have to go to um, what the goal is of for you on the site. And so it does it all in the client and it can save it in IndexDP or in um, wherever you want. And so... We do add cookies if you wanted to, because if you do it with cookies and you come back and you haven't cleared them, you can always personalize again. Yep. But it also means if you're, let's say, on Cloudflare, um, you could have um, edge workers. And so every page load goes through cookies through the edge worker. And then we can actually dynamically put in your personalization without JavaScript. Yeah, that's, so that's really where cool. cookies are pretty interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting how the uniform plugin piece works for the, uh, so we've kind of went from like the DXP side to mm -hmm. the kind of personalization side within well, a system. It's part of the DXP, right? Like yeah. every client I've ever worked for wanted this, but they could never do it. We just did it in five minutes. <laughs> right. And that, of course, I know the software, let's be honest, but yeah. Um, before you would have to go to a system, set up rules, set up personas mm -hmm. and write code and query the origin server and hope it gives you back a thing. And then you add two more components and your rules exponentially grew. And in the end, nobody does it. It's yeah. just too slow, too complicated. And now you click it together and it kind of works. Of course, this was a very fast one, but you can go very deep and do very interesting things with this. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I'm even thinking of like a blog post. If you're coming in as like a marketing per person or an executive, I still want the same blog post, but maybe mm -hmm. I'm not showing you code snippets and everything else. Whereas a developer, yes, I am going to turn that on. So I think that's can really totally cool. totally change that. Like if you posted your blog post on LinkedIn and you have a UTM campaign that says my source is LinkedIn and this is my blog post. If somebody goes there and clicks on it, if it's a LinkedIn user or a Twitter user, you can kind of show them different things, right? Yeah. And if you do it on a component level, you can say in this component, I won't show code, but I will show an infographic. And that's relatively, relatively easy to set up. If you saw how I just did it by clicking that together, it's not too hard anymore. And what you can also do is show three components rather than one for developers and five for marketers or nothing, like whatever you want. That's crazy to have this like analytics driven too. I've seen it as like a select drop down where you can be a developer or designer and like flip mm -hmm. whatever you want, but I've never seen it be just automatic based on. Yeah. And this is kind of magical, right? So what we've built is like a, a tracker script that you put on the page or on a component. And it almost feels like if you're a developer, you're implementing Google analytics, right? So you have events, you have page loads, you have special tracker events for products we have similar vibe it's an easier api actually but you can when you click on a button let's say checkout 
we can, that triggers an event, right? And that event is a signal. And let's say you have a strength of a certain thing for that you like certain shampoos, right? And you click buy. That buy signal now is actually stronger than the personalization of you liking the shampoo. So it won't show you the shampoo anymore because you already bought it. So you have different strength levels. And basically our system figures out all the pieces of content you tagged in that drop down. And then it just shows, okay, which one is stronger? Let me order the list and show you that one or show you that one. And then when I click buy, it could diminish the strength of all the shampoos. So it doesn't show you anymore. Or when you go to one shampoo 20 times, it can show you incrementally different content that says, okay, if your score is 100, it'll show you, hey, you like shampoos. But if your score is 1,000, you can show buy it already. You have visited this page five times. Right? And you can you go super granular with that if you want. And it's all kind yeah. of automated. Yeah, that is really magical. And I think before we transition to, I want to talk a little bit about the framework. So I saw React stuff and View stuff there. I saw Next, Next, Gatsby yep. is coming and uh, Gridsum is coming, right? Um, what about other frameworks? Do you have those in the well, future? Tim, she really wants to know about Svelte. Let's just get to it. Oh, that's not a problem at all because I like <laughs> that too. I haven't really tried it just yet because it's all relatively new. Um, the thing is, our APIs, like the enhancer stuff and querying something, is just JavaScript or TypeScript. It's not focused on Vue and React. The things that are focused on that is are things that, um, like we have a component for a composition. We have a component for a slot that then automatically renders stuff for you based on the composition you queried. Of course, these are focused on reactor view. But um, when we didn't have a view um, API, I still wanted to try our system. So I just built it myself. It's not that hard. The only thing you need to understand is what is a composition, what is a slot, and how can I render components programmatically? It's funny I'm because sure Svelte can do that, right? I, I think Svelte would be able to handle this because if you can use just JavaScript, I mean, you can throw that into sure. Svelte. But it's funny because Slot is actually a Svelte thing too. They use Slot just like for few, like all exactly. the children. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so it, the naming is a bit hard because <laughs> when we did this in Few, what you're doing is you put a composition component and there's a default scoped slot in Few that you then use to render your slot from Uniform. And that slot will render the components that are in there. And so in Svelte, you have to figure out how to do that. But if you want to do that, um, I can help you. We can do it together on a stream. We can start coding. Because um, the thing is, if you want to just query something by slug of a composition or query it by ID, that's very simple. It just gives you back JSON that JSON has IDs, you can use an enhancer to map all the data to your components. And then it should work. Like I've, I've tried it with different systems. And in the end, it's just get me some data, render some components. That's cool. It, it feels like will be my first like... cookbook, I guess. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. going to have to try it then. <laughs> it, it I think it like works similar like... to Vue. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty similar, I guess, yeah. Sorry, I feel Alex. like there's two things happening here. One is just like uh, a, another API that's like allowing you into this other world of APIs, essentially. So it's like a doorway. Exactly. But then yeah. there's the personalization piece as well. So there's kind and, of like yeah. twofold there. And well, that's what we're that's hoping the now. 
that we have this platform is that it's no longer two things. It's just if you wanted to do personalization and A-B testing and things like that, it just comes with this. You don't really need to get like a separate implementation. However, you can. Like we have a personalized component in Fuar React or Svelte later, right? And that personalized component, you give it a couple of variants of which content items you have to personalize against and you give it our tracker and the tracker knows hey these actions have been taken i now know what the intent of the user is give me the variations of all your content and let me find the right one for you and so if you had only personalization and not all this other stuff we just showed you what you would do is you would get our next module or in react you just get a couple of components you put it on the page um, the SDK of the canvas thing you just saw, this uniform platform thing, just has that inside of it. It will magically render for you this personalized component. So you don't have to do it yourself. But when I built this thing on my own, before we had a few um, SDK, I just like, hey, this slot says personalization. Let me just render the personalization component and let it do its thing. So it's super open and it's almost too open. Like there's no opinion anywhere. And the developers that made it are like so smart. I'm, I feel like, holy crap, how do I deal with this? That's how smart they are. So it's kind of my job also to simplify it and, you know, show you things here on the page that like, if you get it out of the box, it also works. And so now what you saw on my little demo here that almost worked was basically all the out of the box stuff. I didn't do complicated queries to get the contentful data. You just got the NPM package, put it in, and you have the data here. Yeah, and I think the point of that is it probably does take a little technical debt to set up. It takes some time to get all of the integrations fixed and set well, in uniform. You kind of need but... to figure out what is the nicest way to query my source. And, of course, yeah. things like Contentful or Kentico Content or these systems or Sanity, they're relatively easy to query. And so... What we kind of offer is for all the integrations you saw on the screen, we have out of the box systems that query for you. And so what you can do with this enhancer, you can build a list of things. So your first enhancer you put in is query the thing. Then you get the data and then you can add your own enhancers to say, okay, but I'm getting all this sanity data. It's way too much. I only want five properties out of the 25. Then you just make your own little wrapper code that grabs these items puts it back but sounds then, like graphql like, uh kind of it's it's not that but because graphql also has the opportunities of performance stuff there of course but we're talking jamstack so it's not the worst and so you can kind of say okay i want those five items out of the 25 but oops this rich tag is represented in json rather than in strings because in lots of cms's rich text actually comes out as json so then you add another enhancer that would actually move the JSON to rich text and then return that. And so you can, if you want to add a dad joke into every property, you can. You just add in another enhancer, code some stuff, get data in, push data out. And so you can almost do it in such a way that your front end doesn't have to know at all. These components can be completely agnostic in a storybook somewhere. You just make sure that you map the data to their props and then run from there. Cool. No, I love this. This is this is like magic or black magic or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Sometimes it is, but now that I'm in it, you know what's funny? It's actually not that complicated, but you have to just get the gist and try it. Yeah, for sure. And then suddenly it's easy.
Yeah. I think we should leave it at that. Just go try it, folks. Let exactly. them know anything that's broken for sure. Oh, yes, please. That's why I'm here. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it is time to jump into our perfect picks. Tim was kind enough to uh, provide us his pick up front. So, yeah. uh, Tim, do you want to tell us all about Astro? Yes, I do. I recently made a YouTube video on this. Like, I'm a little busy lately, so I haven't made many videos. So I have to choose my subject carefully. And this is one of them. Astro is kind of a new... Um, well, if you, you can read it, right? It builds faster websites with less <laughs> clients at JavaScript. Well, what that means is... You can build Jamstack sites, but with this system, but you choose which bits are server-side rendered and which bits are JavaScript. And so it gives you a super easy way to create web pages like SvelteKit does, like Nux does, but you get much more um, kind of control over which bits are actually JavaScript and then which bits are lazy hydrated which don't have to be hydrated at all because they're just a paragraph. And so I can basically build websites in Astro with React and Vue and Svelte at the same time and choose that Vue.js is just server-side rendered. There's no Vue bundle. But if I wanted Svelte to do some super cool animation, I will just lazy hydrate that in the page and it would just work. And it uses Snowpack with ESBuild below and Rollup for the page generation mm. production. I heard that they just switched to V. <laughs> no, really? They did. Nice. Yeah, Actually, I've heard v, so in much. In my opinion, I prefer V. It's it's so much cooler. But I think Astro was built by the guys from It was Snowpack. built by the people from Snowpack. But I exactly. just, I want to say uh, Cassie Williams was on James Quick's Learning Quick segment mm -hmm. and she was talking about astro she actually just did i was looking for it for another perfect pick but uh she ah. did a free code camp walkthrough of astro okay. and she was talking cool. about it and she said that even though it was built by snowpack they switched and they're now running off feet no i love it well feet is like i love that so it's so fast it's almost painful how fast it's like you're literally when you're doing a hot module reload it's like when you're live typing you're, you see your website update Exactly. And so working with Astro is great because it really gives you the opportunity. This is the JavaScript I want, and I don't want the rest. I don't want the fancy routing and all that stuff. And that's just because I am old school. I like to control what goes out where and how. And now you have super modern tools that do that exactly, but you can build it with Vue or Svelte if you want to. So yes, very nice. I love uh Jeff's video of Astro. Yeah, the 200 seconds one or the 100 second ones. They're great videos. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff's yeah crazy. Spellkit did the same thing. They were on Snowpack and they switched to Vite for similar reasons. Like Snowpack wasn't doing some of the stuff that Vite could do that was just kind of done for them without the configure the yeah, extra this is, this is the the avenue magic, right? He he mm -hmm. does the basics and then it just makes it like just throw anything against it and it still works. And that's kind of complicated sometimes. And sometimes it's great because I've noticed now I've been creating modules for Nuxt with few, of course, because I work at this product company now. So we need these things. And then when you dive into the bare bones of using few with options API and all the Nuxt modules, it's actually hard as a developer to work in it, but for a front end, like an end user, to just install a module and run with it. It's so easy to use and so great. And Vite is no no less. It's it's awesome. 
Cool. So I'm yeah. going to try to make a note in our show notes to throw in the learning quick with Cassidy Williams. And if her cool. free code camp talk goes up, I will throw that in there as well. Yeah, well um, I will the, give uh, you my YouTube video on thing. it, which is probably it's it's not as fun as the hundred second one. It's it's a bit longer, but it shows you how you can choose different systems uh, like React and Vue in the same place. And yeah, it's good fun. I cool. think this is probably going to be the future because right after this, Next.js said, yeah, but we can also do a no JavaScript output version, right? So everybody started with like, oh, oh, something new happened. We, we better be on board with this. I was just kind of curious who uh, who was throwing all the commits in. Awesome. Well, Brittany, after that, what yeah. is yours? So where did I put them? There they are. So I have these earbuds and I oh, love them. This is kind of the older version and it's got this little charging case. And um, my new one actually has a little digital readout, right? Where is it? Right there. <laughs> that will tell you like the percentage that you have left on them. And um, I don't know, I take these everywhere. I love them for like the grocery store, listening to podcasts. If my kids are in the car, I can put the radio on and still listen to podcasts or whatever I want to listen to. Careful so I don't know, they're really fun. Is that allowed cute. in the US? Like putting them in and then drive? Technically, no. That's why okay. I said be careful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So how are those different from, let's say, these guys, like these airports? Just they're way cheaper. Wow. Okay, that, they, that's a big difference. <laughs> um, the fit is probably different. You get a bunch of different mm -hmm. little backs on them. Okay, and cool. um, so you have to like stick them into your ear, but they have different sizes. So I don't know. They fit. I like the waterproof. That's good. Yeah, exactly. For this price, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Even agree. if you buy them and you don't like them, it's not even it's not the worst thing. Yeah. Give them to your kids. They'll ruin them. Oh, they'll <laughs> love it. <laughs> All right. My pick is I think it's Rive, is how you pronounce this. Um, and it's crazy. Like these animations you can make. All you need is an SVG to get started with it. Um, and then you can animate anything and put it into wow. Um, like a state machine, essentially. That's what the packages allow you to do. So like, I think the state here would be if I'm hovering over this, the arm comes out. If I'm hovering over him, the light goes out, that sort of thing. But besides that, it's just animating SVGs, which is really cool. Um, Scott Stalinski posted about this and it got me all sidetracked this weekend on doing actual work. Mm. So I decided to create AJ's uh, <laughs> AJ animated. I got like halfway through it after I learned it. And I think I'll probably continue making him do something. Maybe <laughs> when uh, people will scroll over this on the, the main page, it'll do something now. And Very so cool. you can make the animations in the browser and then just click a render or something. And it, it comes out as an animation for your web page. Yeah. So you create the animations almost like in like Figma. So you mm -hmm. can create SVGs and create points and stuff like that. But then you actually do the animation work, which is what they're showing right here. Um, oh, yeah. So like go through these type of motions as the SVG is created. Um, I should probably wow. bring mine up, kind of show That's you a little great. bit more of this. But How many different SVGs did you have to use of AJ to get that animation? That is just one, believe it or not. Wow. It's just our main one. 
oh, you just used that? You didn't even have to create yeah. like the Max version? No, oh, I, wow. I, I dumped it in and I said, all right, so here's, here's some bones of what's going on. And in wow. reality, the only one that I use is this one. Because it's it so much here. fun. So that That's was pretty cool. cool. And then if you hit tab, it switches over to animate and I can go into like the big eyes mode and hit play and see what that does. Whoa. And it just kind of Man, that. Modern technology cool. is where it's at because wow. Is that nuts? I, yeah, I, I actually so used to work. Um, I used to work for a company called Hermes. They are like the most fancy um, French company almost like a scarf is a thousand bucks. And so we work for them for their men's universe where we had to basically just make men interested in this in their products. And, and we're talking 10,000 euro shoes, basically. Uh, it's like full on fancy, fancy, most French ever. And so what they wanted is like, okay, our logo is called Hermes and then manifest because it has man in it and it's a manifest <laughs> for man, blah, 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 fun stuff. And it was all made with like these little bone kind of things. And then we had to animate it and we had like eight or nine different animations. But we're talking 2013 here. Yeah. And so we had to make an animation like you just click together, put yeah. it on the homepage, make it responsive for all different kind of devices. I think it took us three months. Yeah. It, I mean, it can definitely take you a while, but after now... effect exports into SVG yeah. and CSS. And oh, it was a really mess. For this, <laughs> all you export is an RTS file and then you can use it. So like I can bring in uh, React uh, component library or a library for uh, arrive and then it mm -hmm. just says okay on a hover event trigger and that's really? it oh, like I it's so it. simple what was that format uh rcs it's the rive something oh okay format. yeah okay so it's basically just a json format of something right yeah i think so mm. um when you there must be like an svg file embedded in there too um, i was gonna say i could kind of see how it was doing it if you take each of the points on the svg path you could probably just manipulate just them and changing change. path most yeah. likely yeah yeah it's, it's just math right folks yeah <laughs> Right. Yeah. So I think <laughs> more math that, than but... I can do. <laughs> like knowing knowing this, um, I would definitely design like AJ differently and create more parts and pieces that could move around mm. and things like this. But I think Brittany, even when you and I first um started working on Coding Cat together, we were I was always talking about like animating AJ into our our learning platform. It's like this would make things a lot easier. So. It's definitely wow. something interesting and like i said as soon as i saw it i i wasted probably two hours learning how to to do this thing and now that i've done it once i think i could do it pretty quickly but it it would change my philosophy around what goes into an svg as well though so definitely. oh yeah it's, it's pretty cool okay i'm definitely gonna try this and lose a bit of time yeah check it out <laughs> Very good I, i'm sure it's gonna blow up i've already requested them to come on the podcast but we'll see if oh, i get nice. any uh, responses sweet all right. Well, Tim, thanks so much again. Uh, I love seeing where Uniform's heading. I think you guys keep expanding on what DXP means to everybody. So I'm yep, excited hopefully. for the next iteration. We'll have to have you back on. 